This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So again, I want to welcome everybody to New Church Live. This has been a really fun series. And the idea that this is what we do. Like this, this is what we do. This is what we do as a congregation. And in thinking about it, you know, one of the things that, that struck me this past week, being out in Colorado, coming out here, a number of other things, seeing them in the Coles Place service, is, is we talk about what churches do. And, and you could also just interchangeably use the word community or the word even love. Like this is what community does. This is what community can become. And we live in a time that can feel so divided. Could I get an amen on that, please? <laughs> can feel so divided and frankly, sometimes so scary that it's easy to forget that there are things we can do. And that's what this whole series is about. Like, well, this is what we do. This is what we can do, and this is what we do do. And what we do is a number of different things. We care, we bless, we love, and today we talk about this, how we learn to give. What does giving actually look like? Important to say with, you know, as as we launch on this idea of giving, that, that, when we look at giving in our life and how that shows up, it's one of the more difficult parts to talk about because financial anxieties, we all struggle with financial anxieties. Would anyone who has had a financial anxiety over the last year please raise their hand? <laughs> right? We all have them. And, and it's interesting because it doesn't even matter how much money we do or we don't have. Money tends not to be the problem. It's our perspective around giving and and how we hold it and how we see it working in our life. Those are the areas where we just have to be aware. And important to remember that there's a bigger picture here, bigger picture of what all this is about, what we're actually trying to do. So we've had this beautiful, wonderful series, a three-part, going into the fourth part, this is what we do. And I'd ask you to think back. We've been going on for a month now, going on for a month now. I'm going to ask to see if there are three incredibly brave volunteers who are willing to do this, who are willing to come up on stage, stand right here, and just in a sentence or two say, this was the highlight for me in this series over this past month. And it may not be something that happened in here. It may be something that happened outside of church, but just a highlight for you, because I want to kind of give people the flavor of, yeah, this is what we do. And it's easy to kind of look at it just as words, but then I want you to hear what some people say, you know, to hear something that struck them. Maybe it's something you saw last week or with the back to school blessing service. If you look at this collage, you know, we've had a lot of different things going on. What was a highlight for you? Something that sort of spoke to your heart. So what I would love, I'd love three volunteers who will bravely come on up here, stand on the carpet, one at a time, share that. All right? Do I have any volunteers? Yes, no, maybe so? You got one. Come on down. Give them a round of applause so two others join them. We got no falling going on here. No. Yeah, good to see you. Good to see you. There you go. Um, hi, I'm Tina. My inspiration was last week's service with the Nicole Place and what um, her family is doing 
for the memory of her sister and for the children. Their son, Coleman, is our quarterback on our Laura Moreland football team, and I've been doing a lot of fundraising. I've been chairing the board for the football committee, so I've been running around for the past two months fundraising for the football team, and after coming to the service last weekend, it really inspired me to want to do a fundraiser for her. Um, I believe it's really important what they're doing for their healing process as well as for other women who suffer from the same ordeals, and especially for the kids. So um, I would love to help out in any way, and that was my inspiration for the week. Thank you. Give a round of applause, folks. Thank you. For that. Do we have another brave soul out there? All right. You got two. All right. So both of you can come on up. Excellent. Make sure there you good to see you, Beth. You can go stand over there. I just want to make sure you guys don't trip over here. Good to see you, Chris. I have to say last week's service also. I had listening to that story and having lived that same story in my own family at the exact same time that that was occurring in another family, 2015, March instead of April. But my family member was lucky enough to survive. But I see the damage that I I had such gratitude sitting there last week that that I was spared that horrible ultimate outcome. And to see these women get up and get together and and make a change, I couldn't volunteer quick enough. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Beth. Hi, I'm Christine, and uh, my inspiration was Chuck reached out to me and asked me to sing back up with the band for the service for Nicole knowing that I've been closely connected to her and her family. And it got me to come back to church. And so when after he asked me, I came that week, and then I was here last week, and I'm here today, because it re-reminded me what we do. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Christine. I want it noted the band has never asked me to sing background vocals on anything. Folks, this is what we do. This is what we do. We add, God multiplies. We do our little bit, and then all of a sudden it starts to ripple out. We add, God multiplies. This, this is what we do. That's a very different way of, of approaching church because it's a way that gets us back to our, to, to our deepest roots of like wanting to make a difference in the world and reaching out and actually doing that. And, and, you know, and, and this morning just, just telling the, you know, telling our volunteers just how much gratitude I have for what this congregation does. Like this is what we do. And it's not always pretty. It's not always perfect. And this is what we do. I really believe that God blesses that deepest of intentions. And what happens is that that as we do that and we step out and we step beyond just my own private needs of 
for self-esteem and self-this and self-that, and we start to move towards a more selfless, a more giving place, however that giving might look for us. We start to find a much better meaning in life. We start to find things like this, and we start to understand that. I was out in Colorado last week. First off, I realized as a bald man, you can get a horrible sunburn on a cold day. Hint, hint, any bald men who are going to Denver, remember that. So I'm piking with my beautiful daughter, Brooke, and her boyfriend, Will. And we're out on a little walk, and I come across this tree. And I pick up that little pine cone, a little pine cone. And all of a sudden, the pine cone comes apart of my hand. Like, it just, it just like, poof, just like goes to dust. But what was in it? Seeds. You guys are good. Seeds. Like, I, I feel scared a lot of the time. Worried a lot of the time. And I feel like it was just this message of God going, yep, certain things are changing and shifting. And it says something else can be born. Because the amazing part is as as that thing turned to dust, the wind comes and it just blows the seeds all over the place. Like, isn't that beautiful? What a beautiful way to, I think God speaks to us about about what we can do, even in in areas that feel so, so lost and forlorn, that we can do these things. This is what we do. This is what we do. When we do, we start to find a purpose. I love Anne Lamott, and I love Anne Lamott's words here. She always says things very tongue-in-cheek. When we agree to, and this is very Anne Lamott, or get tricked into being part of something bigger than our own wired, fixated minds, we are saved. We are saved. When we search for something larger than our own selves to look into, we can come through whatever life throws at us. Caring blessing, loving, and giving. And then what starts to happen, this next slide is this. This other piece starts to happen. This is an opportunity to be caught up in something, a startling invitation to a previously unimagined way of life. I mean, I think that's what church is. It is this opportunity to get caught up in something. It's beyond us, way beyond us, certainly beyond your very mediocre pastor, that's a much bigger piece. We have the opportunity to get caught up in it. And there's, and there's like a blessing there. There's a blessing when we step out. I want to share with you a story. A story from just a couple nights ago that, that again, reinforces that to me. Like what, what happens when we start to step out? This congregation is an amazing congregation in terms of stepping out and serving other people. Blessed by that all the time. I went down with a couple of other uh, young men, down to cook at the Ronald McDonald House. And when I go down there, I always try to say a prayer, like in my head, you know, recite a prayer, like, okay, Lord, like, what am I supposed to learn here? Who am I supposed to meet? God never disappoints me on that one. That's a prayer 100% of the time it's answered. So I sit down, I sit down with this couple. And the couple are sitting across from me, and they, they're like 65 plus. I mean, they, they clearly are an older couple. And they've got in between them this, this young man, about two and a half years old, obviously has some medical challenges. The young man's name is Brody. Is that a good name? Brody. The name is Brody. 
And I'm thinking, obviously, because of the age difference, who am I thinking? What am I thinking the relationship is, folks? Grandparents. I'm thinking, obviously, grandparents. I was totally wrong. These were Brody's adopted parents. At 18 months old, 18 months, this family took Brody on. He was living in a house where his neglect and abuse was taking place. They took on this young man with all his medical challenges. And several times now, they've driven from upstate Michigan, the UP as they call it, Upper Peninsula, out to Philadelphia so he can have special surgeries. Startling invitation. Startling invitation. And what was interesting about it, too, was and it was a little humor. They didn't make a big deal about it. They weren't like, hey, Chuck, I just got to tell you how great we are. <laughs> Not at all. It, they, we got talking, and they wanted to talk to me a little bit about Harleys. Because they ride Harleys. And they haven't ridden for a lot of years. And if you saw these folks, they're all, they look like they ride Harleys. Pretty cool. Uh, you need to do, just so you know, if you're not sure what to say to a Harley rider, just say Sturgis and watch their eyes go like this. You don't need to know what you're talking about. Just say Sturgis. Watch what happens. And, uh, you know, and, and so I'm talking to him about their Harleys. And his wife points to their son's wheelchair. And with a smile, she says, that's our Harley now. You can't make that stuff up. You cannot make that stuff up. See, those are people who get this startling invitation and being caught up in something greater than themselves and clearly find something different and they they find something in life that just is ineffable. Something that's incredible. Something that changes the world and they're doing it very quietly. This church doesn't have to be big and loud to continue to do those things that we are doing that do make a difference out there in the world in our own quiet, small way, issuing out a startling invitation. Startling. Changes how we see things. And giving is part of that. Giving is part of that. How does giving look? How does giving appear with all that? And how do we, how do we hold it in a way that's proper? where we really see it, not giving as an end in itself, but giving as a means to an end that allows us to do many things. Well, I've taken you to a passage here from 2 Corinthians. Beautiful passage. Where Paul is saying, yeah, this is how you got to think about giving. And I love some of the words here. Each of you should give what you have decided. Say the H word there with a lot of heart, please, when I get to it. Each of you should give what you have decided in in your heart. Yeah, what's your heart telling you? To give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion because God loves a cheerful, cheerful giver. I I was doing a wedding yesterday and I realized I don't know too many miserable people who are very loving. (laughs) Like if if we're miserable about life, it's hard to be generous. It's hard to be giving. It's hard to be loving. It's challenging. Those things are challenging. And God is able to bless abundantly. Now, now it's interesting, even in that abundance, like the the passage here in 2 Corinthians goes on to say, like even in that that giving abundantly, it's giving back in seed. Think about that. 
the pine cone, the seed. That's how God sees abundance. Think about that. The pine cone, the seed. That's how God sees abundance. Unless a grain of wheat, Christ's words, falls and dies, nothing can live. Beautiful stuff. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every, can we say these two words, you will abound in every good work. Folks, do you see that with what these, these people weren't, these three were not plants. Can you see where, where something started that actually ends up rippling out? Becoming something greater, good works that move out? Like that's what giving is about. When we come to it from a giving heart, that's how things start to work. So our practice, give from the heart, learning to be a cheerful giver, and the why to it is that blessing. The blessing being the good work, the seeds. The blessing being as well, this simple part And as the band comes out, as the band comes out, listen to this carefully. The simple part is we learn to give abundantly of finding ourselves. But that's not why we did it. We did it because there was a need. We did it because there was a call. We did it because it was something in our own heart. And in the process, we hear God call us by our name with the gifts that we have. Angela's going to share a few thoughts now, and then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about what does that actually look like? Like, how do we put feet to that particular vision? Angela? That idea of, of giving, giving generously, and, and what does that look like? Well, I, I want to share a chart with you and talk about ways maybe we can look at money and try to look at it from a perspective that's, that's infused with a spiritual perspective so we can see it. New Church, we believe if you love the ends, you love the means. And giving is a means. It's not an end in itself. And what it can do is, is the way we hold money really says a lot about how we might see the world, how we might even see God. Like I tell couples all the time, like it's really important to just be aware that we all have money stories out there. We all have ways, and giving attaches to that. And the simplest way to break down those, those two, could we say it together, is on the left... Versus the two. Scarcity versus abundance. And I think for a lot of you, and certainly for me, you know, we go back and forth between those two. In a scarcity mentality, I see myself purely as a consumer. And what I'm looking for is I'm looking for the fruit of things. I'm focused inward on meeting what I want. And what that tends to do for me is it tends to lead to isolation fear, and anxiety, because I'm constantly comparing. I'm constantly like trying to get for me, and I'm looking over at you, and I'm telling whether you have more, and inevitably, in my math, you do. It's based on an idea of, well, this, this is all I have. This is it. It's finite. This is it. This is all I got. And the most important one for me, and I fall into this all the time, I was thinking, yeah, how does this really work for me? Well, this is how it works for me. 
When I'm in that place, what I tend to do, whatever it is, I tend to gorge on it. That leads to lack, leads to fear, leads to more gorging. What? I mean, I'm a buffet's worst nightmare when I'm, when I'm in that place. You know, literally, my mind, my mind, very often will tell me, Chuck, this is the last meal you're ever having out. It, crazy, right? I go out to lunch all the time. But every time I go, I'm sure it's the last time. So I might as well order that extra fill-in-the-blank. And for me, that's a lot of fill-in-the-blank. But the crazy part is, is that it's, it's, it's insatiable. I come out of that wonderful meal that I've eaten and eaten and eaten and eaten and eaten. And again, I do weddings on weekends. There's a lot of bacon-wrapped scallops, folks. That's all I need to say. You know, you just go and you 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 go. But the amazing part is I come out of that and I feel lack. Isn't that nuts? Please say yes. Yes, it's crazy. I feel lack. Like I don't have enough. So then I feel fear. So guess what I obviously do? Do it all over again. But what if it was what if it was really all okay? And it always was. And always will be. What if that? What if I lived in that place? See, that's, that's the abundance place. Now I'm not worried about consuming. I'm worried about contributing. What can I contribute to this? What can I contribute? And I'm not so worried about the fruit anymore. I'm more worried about, please say it, folks. I'm more worried about the seed. seed. Yeah, how can I plant a seed for this? How can I plant a seed? Gandhi, do you want to hear a great quote? Please say yes. Yes, our job is to plant trees under which we never will sit. Our job is to plant trees under which we will never sit. Is that beautiful? That's a seed mentality. That's not a fruit mentality. That's a seed mentality. And what I do is I'm a contributor. I'm working on on seeds. How can I plant seeds? Focus outward. Focus outward on meeting needs. That's what I start to focus on. And what does that lead to? It leads to connection, generosity, and trust. The spirit that has pervaded what we've been talking about with Nicole's place, you can see that spirit of connection, generosity, and trust. It, It just keeps on going. And then if we can hold that it is always going to be okay. And and okay, folks, doesn't mean you're going to win the lottery. We're all straight on that, right? You may, you may not. Come see me if you do. (laughs) You may, you may not. But that's okay. Because there's a part of you that, that isn't attached to any of that. It's your angel self. You as a finite form of God's love made in God's image and likeness. That part understands that more will come. And then, this is where we add God multiplies comes in. Then we get into this incredibly powerful cycle where we give. God, say the M word there. We give and God multiplies. We give a little bit as best we can. And all our giving is imperfect, of course. But then God multiplies that. 
I've said this quote before. I love this quote. said it a bunch of times, but I just I think it's so good. We can count the number of seeds in the apple. We can never count the number of apples in the seed. Yeah, chew on that one. That's that contributing mindset. That's where that idea of multiply. And then as I see it multiply, I'm just able to have faith. Which then lets me give. Give as best I can in the ways that God calls me to give. And then giving becomes very much like this going on with the Second Corinthians passage. Becomes this thing where your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This beautiful thanksgiving to God, this beautiful expression, as the next slide will show. This giving is an expression of gratitude generated from love. Now, for some people, mechanically, I know for our family, the way we've chosen to do that is we tithe. What that means, for those of you who are unaware, is, uh, is, is tithing is when you say, okay, 10% of your whatever chunk of income you want to do it to, 10% I'm going to donate to the church because, because I believe in the mission of the church. It's just a statistic. goes back, um, you know, thousands of years. That's been a tradition. We do it. And what I can say about tithing, it's not for everybody. It's not for people who are financially struggling. It is something, though, where it, 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 for me, it puts me in that abundance place. Helps me to learn how to really give and how to hold money in its right place. And I want to say, of course, that, that with giving, you know, as we try to understand that, 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 that giving will show up differently for different people. And I think we have to answer the question, you know, well, like, yeah, as, as you're thinking about giving, you're thinking about changing how you sort of hold money in your life, you want to come from that more abundance thing, well, what are some questions maybe that you should ask and be thinking about? These are just a couple, I imagine. The who, really thinking about the who. Focus on the, please say the C word there, focus on the changes. Focus on the changes we seek to make. Right here, right now, as God gives us to see it. I, there's no doubt in my mind that if we passed around the microphone to everybody here, we have a couple hundred people, we pass around the microphone, each of you would say something different there, and it would be beautiful. It would be beautiful. Each of you has some change that you want to see in the world, and you want to see something right here, right now, and God's given you to see that. And the second part, focus on the audiences. We seek to serve right here, right now, that God places before us. I really do believe, you know, that we are, that we are placed, that God puts us in the worlds that he intends for us to heal. Church can be a wonderful part of that. I mean, one of, one of my visions for New Church Live, and I've said this a bunch, is, is I really want New Church Live to become like this beautiful hub where, yeah, we have our core of people. And then we have a lot of people who come in for a season, and maybe it's, maybe it's around things like Nicole's place, or, or maybe it's around uh, forgiveness. Or at the end of the forgiveness series, we're having one of the moms from Sandy Hook who lost her son in the, in the Sandy Hook shooting. She's going to come be speaking right here. Maybe it's people we serve for a season there. But, but that this becomes this thing where people are on the outside feeling like, man, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. This is not working. What do we do? What do we do? Where they're able to come in, Center, get inspired, 
get supported, and then able to go out. Can you see the seeds in that? The seeds that that could be, the seeds that that could start to create. So I think those are two possible ways to do it. And as we think about this, as we think about this is what we do, and, and the idea that we, we care, we bless, we love, and we give, I want to offer an important disclaimer. You want to hear the fine print? Yeah, I'm going to tell you the fine print. This journey is not easy. This journey is not guaranteed. This journey is not easy. This journey is not guaranteed. It's not like where we go put our money in the bank and it's FDIC insured. That doesn't mean that money isn't safe or anything like that. What it means is that, is that when we engage in the work, as we've been doing now for eight years, of trying to build a church and serve other people, are there going to be raggedy edges, yes or no? Yes, there's going to be raggedy edges. Faith, folks, is not something where the graph is set it a bunch of times, where the graph is always up and to the right. Faith is a process. It's not something where one day you don't have it and the next day you do. It's something where we learn to just keep showing up. This is what we do. And trusting that if I keep doing this, caring, blessing, loving, giving, that over time things will happen. I may not ever see what those things are. I have no idea where those seeds in my hand in Colorado are at this moment. No clue. And I will never know. But we can keep trying that thing. And faith, faith is this. Faith is trusting it. It's trusting it. If I just keep showing up, something actually will happen. I love this poem that I want to share with you. I love it. I love it because it speaks so much to what faith is. Because as a pastor, it's, it's always tempting for me to like, wow, if I could just get people riled up like it was a big rock concert, then we'd all have faith for a moment. We'd go charging out of here ready to go. That doesn't last. We're trying to find something that's sustainable. Look at this beautiful poem. It's called The Door. Perspective immigrants, please note, Either you will go through this door or you will not go through it. If you go through this door, if you go through, there's always the risk of remembering your name. Things look at you doubly and you must look back and let them happen. What about if you don't go through? If you don't go through, it is possible to live worthily. To maintain your attitudes to hold your position, to die bravely. But much will blind you. Much will evade you. At what cost, who knows? The door itself makes no promises. It's only a door. That's a beautiful poem. That resonates with my soul about what the spiritual life really is all about. And if we choose to go through that door in all its ways, bringing all the parts of our life through it, getting clear this is what we do, committing to it as best we can imperfectly, 
And we just keep on marching through, caring, blessing, loving, giving, caring, blessing, loving, giving, trusting that if we add, God multiplies, that's faith. If we keep do it, keep doing that, questions that might come up, but that means I'll have to rearrange my life. Could I get a big giant yes from everyone? Yes. You will have to rearrange your life, the fine print. But that means I might have to give something up. The answer to that is yes. You know, that is part of it. We do, it's a self-sacrificial thing. Yeah, that is what happens. And I will have to, have to stretch my faith. The answer to that, yes. It stretches it all. But folks, in that is the miracle. In that is something different. In that is something ineffable that I cannot even begin to tell you. I just, I sense it. It's a, it's a smell. It's something out there that's just beautiful. And what I know is that when we do those things, in the end, are we blessed? Yes, we're blessed. So let's think about that this fall. You know, folks, we have a forgiveness campaign coming up. I bet you every one of you in this room knows somebody who is battling with forgiveness, probably starting with yourself. Invite them to the series. Let's think about what community looks like that does that. Let's think about that self-sacrificial part. Let's think about what this is what we do. And let's just do what you folks have always done, which is just keep doing it. No guarantees, but a lot of blessing. Can I get a little amen on that? Amen. So we're going to close the series now. I'm going to say a prayer. Then you have your opportunity to say your own prayer, the Lord's prayer as you know it, or to have a moment of quiet reflection. And then we're going to do a song a little bit differently. The last one, if you don't like this song, compared, uh, complain to Mike, he suggested we do it. So what, what we're going to do is we're going to do a last song here. And then the second half of the song, we're actually going to go out in the audience and sing back there. We had so much fun doing that a couple of weeks ago. That's how we want to close this series. So Ray will give you some directions, but in the meantime, please join me for a prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. And Lord, help us to continue to get clear on this. This is what we do. Clear on what it means to care, to bless, to love, and to give. Help us in that, Lord, to find the sacrifice that brings life and joy and love. Thank you for the presence again, Lord, of this amazing congregation. Thank you for everything you've given to us. And allow our giving in whatever form that is, however that looks going out there into the world, allow that giving to be a testimony to joy and to blessings. In your name we pray. Amen.
Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv. 